Hi, my name is Dr. Mark Allen Derry, and I'm an infectious diseases specialist in New Orleans. Hi, my name is Doc Griggs, and I'm a community medicine doctor and health literacy expert. This is the Noise Filter Podcast, where an infectious diseases physician, that's me, and a health literacy and communications expert, that's me, talk about what you need to know about COVID-19. You can find more information about this show and our other daily live updates and Q&A show at noisefiltershow.com. So let's get started. All right, welcome to Noise Filter. This is Dr. Mark Allendary. Doc Griggs is not able to be with us today. So let's go ahead and get started. How to reach people hesitant to get vaccinated. Now, numbers are steadily increasing in vaccinations, and there still remains a great amount of hesitancy among Americans to get vaccinated. Vaccine advocates had been challenged with figuring out effective ways to reach this part of the population and to gain trust in the vaccine process. A key strategy is the messaging of advocacy for the vaccine. Researcher Frank Lutz conducted a focus group with people unlikely or hesitant to get the vaccine to test out messaging strategies. He found that a common feeling among people in the focus group was distrust and fear stemming from unknown factors of the vaccine. Lunds brought in different health officials to test out messaging. Former CDC director Tom Friedman went to the group, not with the goal of convincing them, but simply to share information in a clear way. He described the way that the Moderna and Pfizer vaccines work as a most wanted poster to the immune system, informing the body how to go about tackling the viral invasion. While he added that there is indeed scientific uncertainty, he did offer distinct facts about the vaccines to provide a sense of certainty. Another key factor Luntz discovered in messaging was to essentially depoliticize the language used to advocate for the vaccines. The current climate of heightened polarization and division in the United States only harms the public more. It's important to make the messaging of the vaccine advocacy applicable to all and based on facts, not opinions. Luntz found that the focus group responded more positively to messaging, which validated their fears and directly offered solutions through science and facts in an accessible manner. So to move forward and increase vaccine trust, it is crucial to avoid shaming and further polarizing those who remain hesitant to get vaccinated. Using harmful messaging like this would only increase distrust and cause further divide. People are receptive to science and facts when it feels accessible to them and when it is unbiased and based on the truth. By the end of Luntz's focus group Zoom meeting, most of the participants reflected they were more comfortable in seeking the vaccine and felt like they understood it better. Play deprivation takes toll on childhood development. Young and developing children have been a major casualty of the pandemic with their education and socialization massively scaled back during the formative periods. Now, according to the Washington Post, the deprivation of play in children under 10 especially can have adverse effects. In fact, children may be losing out on playtime at the time they need it the most. According to the Post, children use playtime with one another to process the world around them. Young children needed imaginative play in order to work through challenging ideas and traumas in their lives. Over time, play deprivation can have major effects on children, and lack of play can hinder the development of fine motor skills and make it more difficult to regulate emotions later in life. 
We have seen the massively positive effects of play on children play out in real life. From the scholarly journal MDPI, one project studied a group of 16 children in a Romanian hospital who had experienced prolonged abuse without sustained play or social interaction. When they were introduced to the Playwork Project by the researchers, their emotional states vastly improved, developing more capacity to reason and phasing out anxious habits. Now, a company called Timbernook, which runs a national chain of nature-focused child development programs, saw this in effect during the pandemic. Timbernook provides outdoor spaces for creative and self-guided play for children, and its locations are one of the few places where children have to be able to gather. So Timbernook saw that the children in their programs actively responded to the world around them in their play, reenacting funerals and staging protests. Now, of course, Timbernook programs aren't free or available to everyone. Unfortunately, this means that many children are now experiencing setbacks in a major area of their development. Opportunities for play and social interactions must be restored for children soon. Unions and nonprofits to help vaccinate migrant farm workers. As states roll out the vaccine to essential workers, they have found that migrant farmers are a more difficult group to access. Migrant farmers in the Southwest are majority Latinx, and states like Arizona didn't even have a Spanish language option on their vaccine websites until mid February. According to 538, just making the information more accessible won't ensure it's actually being accessed. Migrant workers work primarily in very rural and hard-to-access areas and don't receive as much digital information as one might in a more populated area. Chicanos por la Casa, a Latinx advocacy group, worked to encourage vaccinations through social media and Spanish-language TV stations. In Phoenix, where many Latinx people struggle with transportation, the group was able to provide taxis to take patients to vaccination appointments. But migrant farmers can be harder to access physically. They move from crop to crop, making them both at high risk for transmission of disease and difficult to wrangle for vaccinations. In California, United Farm Workers, the union that Cesar Chavez helped to found, established a vaccine site for its members, hoping to ease some of the concerns of access and making it easier to vaccinate those who might not have gone out of their way to do so. They vaccinated 500 workers at the site. So many migrant farmers are also undocumented and thus have increased hesitancy to participate in anything that's government related. But Chicanos por la Casa is helping to build credibility between those two groups in order to assuage this in this of this public health crisis. Black and Latinx populations getting vaccinated in greater numbers. All right, so months into the vaccination process, Black and Latinx populations continue to be disproportionately underrepresented among those who'd been vaccinated. Now a new page turns as numbers increase on vaccinated Black and Latinx people. Much of the credit is attributed to community organizations and campaigns aimed at increasing vaccine awareness and access to communities of color, especially those hardest hit by the pandemic. Towards the end of 2020, national surveys reported that Black and Latinx people were less likely to get vaccinated compared to white people. Today, the gap in hesitancy has diminished significantly as more and more communities of color have begun to receive the vaccine. 
History reflects that preliminary hesitancy is normal when a new vaccine becomes available, especially in communities with a history of medical research abuse. With time, along with education and public health literacy, the hesitancy evaporates and people collectively begin to gain the trust in the vaccine. So success in increasing vaccine trust in marginalized communities comes from the community organizations and leaders who have worked to make the vaccine information more accessible and understandable. We live in a time when, depending on where you live and who you're surrounded by, your access to truthful information varies. Another helpful factor comes from seeing people and hearing stories of those who've received the vaccine and who have no adverse reactions to it. Social media platforms have given rise to conspiracies about the dangers of the vaccine solely aimed at scaring people and hindering them even further. Boo. In fact, that's why we actually started this podcast was to fight that misinformation. Now, today, as truthful information is being shared across communities, particularly marginalized ones, we are beginning to see increases in more diverse representation of the population in vaccine numbers. Just as a reminder that COVID-19 and the human immunodeficiency virus do share the same risk factors. Doc Griggs. Thanks for listening to the Noise Filter Daily Podcast. Dr. Derry and I have a daily show at 4 p.m. Central Standard Time where we go into more detail on stories and answer your questions about COVID-19. You can find Doc Griggs at DocGriggs1 on social media, and you can find me at Dr. Mark Allen Derry or at D-R-D-E-R-Y. You can follow us at Noise Filter on Instagram, Noise Filter NOLA on Twitter, and for more information about us and the show, you can go to noisefiltershow.com. Hey, Doc Griggs, any last words? Remember, get checked, get fit, get moving. And remember to get some rest to boost your immune system. And Doc? Protect yourself and others by staying home, and please wear masks when you go outside. Remember, health is a human right.